0: This week's special guest, Michael Poole, has his own podcast, Words with Oz. The man trains hard. He's not into selling secret sauce. He's not into quick fixes. He's talking about standard structure, change thinking, and being accountable.
1: Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want and should know about health, fitness,
0: nutrition and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent or manage any injury, disease or other health-related condition. Today's podcast is brought to you
1: by the new Clean Coffee TX100. It's coffee done smarter, supercharged with brain, mood, metabolism, performance and gut-boosting ingredients. We've
0: combined the incredibly smooth taste of Colombian single origin coffee with MCTs, apple cider vinegar, and Blue nest, the ultimate stress-relieving herb. It's keto
1: and vegan-friendly, gluten-free, with no added sugars or artificial sweeteners. Enjoy hot or cold, and take your coffee to the next level.
0: This week, I'm really excited. We're at Body Science HQ, and I have Michael Ozpool, Australian high-performance speaker, executive coach, CEO of Words with Oz, and believer in in the power of words. How are you, mate? Yeah, feeling really good, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to be in the studio. You twist it with a lot of bigwigs in the fitness industry. You train every day at 98 Gym?
1: I do, yep. been been there for just on, just under five years now.
0: So, mate, let's not muck around. What do you think about the gym industry? Like, wh- Where's it at? Where's it going for you as an individual that loves training?
1: I think it's going in the right direction just for, not that I'm an expert in this industry, but I obviously have spent a lot of time with some people that are. And I like the direction it's going because I think it's heading down that path of results based uh, as opposed to how you look, it's more about what you can how you can perform. So I'm enjoying it.
0: And talking about enjoying that, you're a big driver of goals that are important. They give us direction and I'm just going to quote this off your website sure, if I can. Sure. But the key to achieving is in what you do and how you do it every single day.
1: Yeah, that's that's my philosophy. That's you know one of my beliefs. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first to come up with it, but when I read it or when I saw it, whenever that was in the last thirty odd years, I uh, that's what resonated. It's so the idea there being your habits matter. You know that what you do on the daily matters. You can set a I'm 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 all about setting outrageous goals one of my biggest speeches that I put on is called dream big dream bold to go for the thing that's beyond what you think you can but the action the the actual thing that matters is what you do and how you do it every day and that's what's great about 98 and that's what's great about the gym industry is that majority of the people that are in them are in them every day you know they're in there every morning or after work
0: yeah it's an incredible industry I mean it's who gets up at five o'clock every morning to train it's when you when you sit back from an outsider's point of view and look in it must must look weird to a lot of people but it's all as you come back comes back to like goals are important and it's not just I think
1: it's funny to say that you know who gets up at 5am but those guys you know and girls the pts that train at that time of the day and those that aren't pts I mean I I thrive off the fact that I get in before some of the trainers you know it's a a little bit of a probably personal competition there but (laughs) yeah, to get up that early and dedicate The first three, four, five hours of your day, and many hours of your life, to making someone else better at that time, takes a certain you know certain type of individual.
0: It does. It's an interesting place in the world to be when you can give to others, Mm. you know, and that's probably one of the things that you know from a PT's point of view. It's that act of giving, and like one of the things that I think is really exciting to an individual who gives. And I mean, you you either give or you take. There's There's two two options. People in the world. I've got a mate who wrote a book on stress Teflon, and one of the things he says, he talks about the act of giving is one of the simplest things to being a better person in life. I guess there's no more giving than doing a 98 session early in the morning. <laughs> I've seen what Kev can give and... Well, it's one
1: of those things as well. And I had this conversation with someone recently that the idea of, you know, is there such thing as true altruism? Giving is living. Uh, to steal a quote from someone else, the more you give, the better better life you are going to live. That, that's where you get your feeling, that's where you get your love, that's what you know, what drives most of us, most of us with, you know, with that idea of a heart and love is to give more. So when you're doing it in an unselfish way you are actually doing it in you know for yourself to make yourself feel better so those those pts that are getting up and are giving it that that early and you know spending spending those hours of their life giving they get it they do also get a lot back i'm sure if we sat down with them and said you know what are your goals well who do you want to be where are we going in the future with what you know with whether you're a trainer or a coach or a speaker or a coach where we're heading is they want to be able to give so that they can feel better whilst at the same time making someone else's world a better place
0: speaking of giving is and, and you do a lot of motivation start talking? Is that the correct word to use? Motivational? That is
1: the best umbrella on a personal level. I'm not sure motivation is the word that I like to associate no. with simply because motivation comes and goes and I want to talk to people about consistent performance. But that's the umbrella of where you know where my, my industry is, yes.
0: And how does someone fall into that part of the industry? I mean, you were a lawyer by trade, is that correct?
1: I was, yeah. I've actually had a few careers for someone who's only, you know, only just turned 33. I've had three main careers. And how do you fall into it? It's funny that, uh, that you ask that question because if I looked back at who i was at 15 16 when you're meant to be making these decisions you know when you were meant to have sat down with a guidance counselor and worked out what you were going to do with your life i could probably have seen that i was going to become some kind of coach and i could probably have seen that i was a good speaker you know i had that that ability to be in front of people get their attention use my words in a crafty kind of way that inspires them to do something but society pushes you to go another way you know your expectation of what you should be comes along and says well what are you going to do with yourself so i left school and went and studied chemical engineering Simply put, because that's what my sister did, and she was one of my biggest idols, so what are you going to do after school? Uh, I'll become an engineer, got to uni, I'll do chem engineering. Studied that, did that for a little while, and then realised it wasn't for me. And then I got into real estate. Seems to be a bit of a fallback for a few people that uh, go into real estate when you don't really know what you want to do. And I uh, went and sold sand to the Arabs. I actually went to Dubai and sold real estate over there. Wow, that would have
0: been hard gig. It
1: wasn't that hard, because at the time, they they wanted to buy everything. Okay. Um, so I was there during a fairly large boom period for Dubai and a lot of the locals just wanted to build and a lot of Middle East and Eastern European people really just wanted to own and build in that area. So yes, it was hard at the, at the beginning and the culture differences were hard. But when you think about a marketplace, it was it was actually quite easy.
0: They had 80% of the cranes at one stage over there in the worldwide cranes. Didn't they?
1: Yeah, something like that. I mean, I, somewhere between 80 and 90. And if I remember back, I actually lived in a building called Burj Dubai Towers back then. So you know, the, tall, the world's tallest building was originally called Burj Dubai but they couldn't afford to build it. So he borrowed money from the Sheikh of Abu Dhabi, which is the richest state in the UAE. And that's why it's now called Burj Khalifa because that's uh, that Sheikh's last name. I lived under that and I remember looking out of our skyline. We were on about the 19th floor and looking out from the balcony and looking at the skyline and there was not more than 50 metres of space without a crane, just looking across the the desert. So yeah, there were a lot there at the time.
0: How was working over there as a uh, non-local?
1: There were plenty of us is the answer. There were plenty of expats. Over there, there's about 95... At the time, there were about 95% of the population were expats. That included your Indians and Pakistanis and uh, and other areas around mm. there, so, that, so it wasn't all Westerners. But the community of Westerners was quite large. It wasn't as difficult as you would think. What the main difficulty was is dealing with some of the head um, of the family, Arabs, and getting into their cultural cultural ways. Mm. They all spoke English. They were all educated in English institutions, so they they could speak with you fine. It was actually getting to understand them on a, on a cultural level that uh, was the hardest part, you know, sitting down realizing that if you've got an hour meeting with one of them, it's gonna take three hours and two hours, 45 minutes is gonna be conversation and not about your business. You know, and then it's the last 15 minutes that you get the deal done. And this, the sooner you, I realized that, the sooner I adapted to that, the, the more success I had. I sold a lot of stuff off the plan and I sold as much big stuff as I could. So yeah. I did a lot of full floor commercials in a commercial building, a couple of villas, that kind of thing. I sold a few apartments along the way, but mainly tried to aim at the big stuff with a big commission. So from real estate, I was there during the financial crisis, as is the way when money is tight, in, in different areas around the world, people start to not pay. <laughs> and I had commissions not paid for a period of time. So okay. I, I felt ripped off. And I thought, what am I going to do next? You know what? That wasn't good enough. And it wasn't good enough in the way that, okay, people ripped me off. But that's fine. But it wasn't good enough in the way that there weren't the laws in that place at the time to back up the person who was missing out. So I came back and learned to become a lawyer. And that wasn't a bit to pursue law. Uh, that was actually uh, with a view to pursue politics and change the regulations that were governing that kind of thing.
0: Wow, that's a big ticket to take on. Yep. And uh, did you study
1: law? Not too far from here, actually. I studied at Bond, which is... I could, we could probably see it from here if we, we really tried. We stand up, we can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> studied that and then went down the... the the law path for a little while so worked in uh, some criminal law places and then moved into the commercial law for a little while and then whilst I was studying law I lost both my father and my sister in the same year really and that was the situation that was the s- start of what I do now because I got a phone call one day to tell me that a tragedy had happened at home and that my my dad had passed and then he passed from suicide and you have a moment where you think life's too short why am I pursuing this half-hearted path you know why am I pursuing law just because society says you should be a lawyer sure I had some backing reason you know the the politics thing that I mentioned and so on but by the time that happened I was in a law firm working 17 hours a day took a moment to look around at the people that were working above me that I was going to become whether that was a judge or partner at the firm or barrister and just realized that's not who I wanted to be. So I stopped and I thought, what can I do? And I went back to that, that idea that I told you when I was 15, 16, you know, those small things that I kind of always knew you were going to do, but you took a long way to get to where I wanted to go. What do I really want to do? I really want people not to make the mistakes that I made, that my dad made, you know, in that he was a he was a great teacher when he passed. But he always spoke about writing a book that he never wrote. He was a great football AFL, we're from Adelaide, so he was an AFL player. He was a great football player. He played for one of the SANFL teams down there, won the McCullum medal, which was the best player in the under-19s at a certain year when he was still quite young got drafted or got asked to go play for Carlton in the in the VFL when he was 17 and his dad said no you can't go and so there was a you know, bit of bit no, of that, that as well right. so he never actually pursued that path either so there's all these things and I and I, and I felt that reflected in what I did I was always rel- relatively talented at things you know I'd had these paths that I'd chase and I got quite good at them but there was something missing and so that day or that that moment in that year was definitely a point where you think you've got to do what you love to do and I want to inspire the world to do what they love to do yeah strong words are like that so from there I decided I wanted to start Words With Oz. Personal mission is to inspire the world to be more ambitious because I think that I believe that's where it all is and then that evolves into Words With Oz and Words With Oz is all about using words, using the presentation of them, whether that's the podcast, whether that's speaking, live coaching and using those words to have people A, realise who they want to be and then B, give them some tools and activities and some implements and some some tricks to be that person.
0: So how do you inspire the world every day? It's a tough
1: question. Mm-hmm. You know, How do you inspire the world every day? I think one of the main things Things for me is my mission is to do that. Mm-hmm. And so every morning, first of all, let me say, no one's perfect. So no one is fully themselves every single day. But every morning I can, and at the moment that's somewhere between five and six mornings of the week, I read through my mission statement. And the first line is to inspire the world to be more ambitious. So that mm-hmm. reminds you every day to do it. And then uh, as how do I do that on a practical level? I like to put out a message uh, to, the, to the social media world every morning, just a thought that I've had. The, the podcast, when I get people on and I get some quite inspirational people and successful people on, I don't talk to them about what they're doing. I talk to them about what why they want to do it and who they are and I really find that resonates with people so you know we're sitting at the podcast gets downloaded a number of times per day there you go that's that's one way and then from there I'm pushing more and more talks and speeches and doing as much as I can to inspire the world to see that living their most ambitious life will lead them to living their most fulfilled life which is what we should all try and do.
0: That's strong I like that that's uh. That's a great reason to get up every day.
1: I mean, I've always, I've never had a problem with getting up. I've always been someone that gets up quite early, but it does give you that, you know, that reason to probably for me more so not want to go to bed. You know, at night I'm, I'm working on something creative. It's 11 o'clock and I get up very early and I don't want to go to bed. You know, I still want to keep doing this. And I've got another friend who's actually, uh, you know, in your, your industry and I, he stocks some of your stuff. And he and I have a laugh every time we, we catch up. We want to try and work out a way to not have to sleep. You know, this <laughs> this angle of because you, you, when you love what you do, you just want to keep doing it. Sleep sometimes gets in the way. It's just taken up a third of my life at the moment.
0: Third of your life. That's an interesting fact, actually, because most people are trying to sleep more. So uh... <laughs>
1: don't, don't get me wrong. It has, it has got me into trouble, plenty of trouble. Uh, uh, whether that was when I was training hard and not getting enough sleep or, you know, trying to trying to perform on stage and not getting enough sleep, it does it does get in the way. I am mean, I'm, work, I'm working on that. But as far as where my passion lies and wanting to do things every single day, and I'm sure there are people that are listening that understand this, you know, sometimes you just, you'd prefer to have more waking hours.
0: So, mate, if you're a person who gets up at 5 o'clock to train at 98, does a lot of talking to people and changing lives, inspiring lives, then doesn't want to go to bed at 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, I'm assuming you are motivated by the word deadline.
1: <laughs> I need to stick to deadline. So, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's correct. There's a I've got a pretty good level of discipline with those kind that's of things. That's a good
0: word, discipline, I like that. Uh,
1: especially from having been overseas selling, it was all on me, and I was quite young at that age. It was all on me to have an income, to have the, to have the resources to be able to live. There needed to be a deadline. There needed to be discipline to get it done. Being a lawyer, you need to be efficient, and you need to get it done either a in time before your partner has a go at you, or before your client has a go at you. You know, you've got to be able to perform within that that period of time. And now that that evolves to what I do now, you're running your own business. You better stick to some deadlines. You better have discipline for what you want to achieve and get it done in the right amount of time
0: so how do you bring discipline deadlines and culture into the same sentence because obviously when you're talking to someone about your motivation is inspiration which you said obviously culture has a lot to do with that and when you go into a lot of corporates like you do that culture left right side like it's just I mean even just in the small amount of business we deal with culture changes from door to door taking culture into a company that you're not part of is a difficult goal for you mm-hmm. what do you bring to, to a group of people to, to talk about
1: that. Culture for a company is much the same as a mission for, for an individual. Yep. So I'll talk on the broad range of that and that can apply to both. People need to know who they want to be. And a company needs to know who it wants to be. And most companies, and I don't, I don't mean to come back to me with your, we value integrity and <laughs> d- discipline and, you know, yeah. uh, with the same lines and the same words that everyone has in their in their mission statement. Not that they're the wrong words, but you've got to live them. So that's where that discipline comes in. But you need to know who you want to be. And majority of the time, that is going only going to be four or five words. You know, the first time I wrote my mission statement, it was two A four pages, just everything I ever wanted to be. And you, you whittle it down over time. I think it's about 12 words now. So similar for companies... They shouldn't be looking to go more than four or five words on, on, on truly who you are. And once you get that, culture take care takes care of itself. Accountability, discipline, these parts rely on the person that's there, the person that's a, an employee, an employer, or if it's an individual, that they're living who they want to be. So the accountability and the discipline are, are that next level and majority of the time if you're pursuing who you want to be, you are quite disciplined. That must and be
0: a difficult aspect for you when you walk into a large corporate like a, a bank.
1: The different, I suppose the difficult aspect is... Saying no. a lot of the time, you want to help them, you know you can help them, but if they're not willing to listen, then it's a waste of my time. And so let's say I've, you know, I've got a couple of larger clients a couple of, a couple of them that are banks and you would think that a business that's only just just turned three couldn't really say no to, to that situation. But my mission is pretty straightforward. Yes, money is good, but if they're not going to listen or they, if their executives don't have the culture to adapt to what you're going to push, you know, they simply think it's a, it's a box to tick to get you in. Yeah, we've had, remember, we did that strategic planning episode with Words With Oz. He came in in January. We're sweet for the year. It's not how it works. Yeah. So I'm pretty quick to say no. Probably, I'll probably, in most cases, do that first one. But it doesn't take more than 15 minutes to realize whether the culture of the place is A, good enough, or is B, able to change.
0: How do you deal with a group of people that you you haven't met before and you've gone and you're bringing all these concepts in? How do you play with areas like anxiety, fear failure? Because when people are in a group of people, they always worry about, oh, I don't want to upset that person or I don't want to be that person or I don't want to shake the car. How do you bring that culture in that binds people as one, with one vision, one on the bus, off the bus concept? Time. Time?
1: Yeah. The aspect of not wanting to upset someone is poor culture. Culture is the word you use. It, so I don't normally try and repeat that You know, repeat that aspect, but the, culture is the word that you've used in this question, in this scenario. And if you're in a place where feedback is accepted, used, and realized that feedback is good, feedback is something that's going to help you grow and become better as a company, then speaking up and... and and not wanting to put someone else off is actually just feedback and good for them and healthy so that's you've got you've got to create a place where that's accepted now I'm not going to be able to do that in a in a first off talk I might present that way and present well and and say that exact thing to the team but it's not going to suddenly click and Suddenly the team is happy and free, freely spoken when they've all spent the last five years another way. So it's time. You go in and do that first talk. You give the feedback. You go in and do another one and you spend two, three, four months building that new culture that accepts that everyone has something to say and it needs to be said because they're feeling that way and their feedback matters to the performance of the institution.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting aspect. Like When you mentioned that I've harped on culture, for me personally as an individual, it's something that I really try to suck up when i go in somewhere yep. and it's my yes or no yeah you know, people might look at someone and go oh, i don't like their hair no oh, i don't like their eyes no to me it's culture yes culture no and you can pick it up as soon as you walk in a door doesn't have to be good culture or, but a culture you know you walk into something like you walk in a 98 gym you just feel it the minute you walk in that door you know you've walked into something special and i said that to the boys a couple of weeks ago on their their podcast and you know we try and bring that into our brand too i mean 20 years old the world's changing so fast the fitness industry is Something that is dictating where a lot of people live, breathe, hang out, think. And to keep culture as a relevant versus gee, let's drop an ebook or let's, you know, quickly sell that because it's it's got this illegal ingredient and we'll change a name on it, we'll get that out really quick, we'll make shitloads of money, yeah. You know, like for Nathan and I, it's no, can an athlete take it? Can an individual get hurt from it? And the people here in this team, you know, the team out the back and we've got all these and when I say temp, talking about my team down on the floor down there, and I hate using the word my our team downstairs, they kiss the boxes of elite sporting teams and elite athletes before they leave. That's something in the culture we've got out there. And it's run by Athena who she played a rugby league for New Zealand and played touch football. I think she captained both World Cup type stuff. And she's brought that culture into our brand because Mm -hmm. that's what we believe in. You know, we ship a a team athlete order before a retail order. Nathan, sorry about saying that out loud, but that's that's the culture of what we do up here in in our brand. That's what we really believe. And we really try and plaster it on the walls and have it everywhere. And when athletes come in, they want to go out in the back and meet meet the guys out the back because they know they get their stuff Quickly, they get on time. It's always what they ordered, and that's something for our team here that really means a lot. Firstly, it's
1: not that I was uh, against the word culture; it was just more that to repeat the same thing over and over yeah. again. It might sound that way, but I love it, and I love the culture of this place. I even you know, I've had Nathan on the podcast before, and we've spoken about it. That Body Science has more is more of a family. In fact, I would suggest that the word for Body Science is family, mm. not culture. You know, there's there's love going into a box to the to yeah. the elite sportsman. Having said that, there's also love going into the box to the retail person. Absolutely. Yep. Your stand. Dictate that there's a certain level that goes that happens first, or you know, that there's a certain manner and, and process that happens first. And the standards dictate that every box gets kissed, and the standards dictate that you have a, a gym on the set of your podcast that probably doesn't get used very often. You know, the standards dictate
0: <laughs> it gets smashed every day.
1: Not to say it didn't get used. I just more mean, but the standards dictate that that's there. The standards dictate that you've got Bogart on the wall, that you've got the rabbit-o's on the wall, that you've got the graffiti. You're know not a rabbit-o's I mean. man, too, are you? You almost Seriously? have to be at the gym. Wow. Forget that I'm a. Uh, I'm an <laughs> AFL supporter, so NRL <laughs> doesn't mean a great deal to me, but you have to be uh, when you're at the gym. Rabados do come first. And yeah, family. family seems to be the word that comes across there. So even let's say you're back to your original question of me going in somewhere and building a culture or having to talk to the teams that don't have it yet and start creating it. You go and you ask, you know, who they want to be. If you at Body Science want to be a family, there are plenty of places that they know what that is and all we need to do is uncover it and then the culture or the, or the standards or the discipline majority of the time takes care of itself.
0: So you're saying most people in groups of like-minded like say say bank, I'll use a bank as an example, but probably a bad example to use because you do have bank customers and I apologise for that. But do they care about that? Do they really care? Do people really care as a whole? Let's talk about the fitness industry. Does it really care what's happening with other people in the fitness industry?
1: I don't think anyone's out there acting in a manner that wishes to, uh, someone else to to perform poorly, especially in the fitness industry. Majority of your people, whether or not they're in the bodybuilding world, so actual performance bodybuilders, started out being a PT, started out training people, started out wanting to make someone else better yep. whilst making themselves better. Different gyms might take on different standards along the way and that may lead down a path that's at a lower culture than some of the better gyms. But that you know, that, And that'll come down to leadership. That'll come down to whether or not they know who they want to be. I can't imagine there's any gym out there that knows who they want to be and then follows that and their culture turns out to be a poor one i think every gym that knows who they want to be and follows who they want to be turns out to have a great culture
0: yeah nice i like that How do we keep the pursuit of excellence when we're in a a group environment, we're driven by other people, where other people are setting our family, culture, the word, whatever word we want to use on that. How do we continue to get up every day and pursue excellence? I can understand how you might do it personally for yourself. How do you bring the pursuit of excellence into a group? And we can talk about it from a corporate perspective or from the fitness industry perspective. Corporate perspective, fitness industry perspective, it all comes down to
1: who that team wants to be or who that person and who those people of that team want to be. I'll use the word team and mm-hmm. let's put it, let's yep. put that across whether it's corporate or yep. even a sporting team. They're all in pursuit of something. They all, all want to become something and they've all got this underlying mission of, of who they want to be. So the people and the participants of that team need to align with that. Not align with it 100% but align with it enough that they're going to push the pursuit of that excellence and that's where the continuation of that comes from. If you are part of a team and you don't align with where they're going and who they want to be, let's say you are part of your mission or part of your who is that you are a honest, integral, I will not lie person and you worked at a bank over the last 20 years. Probably didn't have much fun at that bank. Put a broad spectrum, but let's take the <coughs> fact that we've got the reforms and the you know the the commission on at the moment. So you want to live you want to be a part of a team where your personal mission aligns enough with that team's mission. that So that you want to be there, you want to pursue it, and you want to reach excellence in what you're doing. And from a team's perspective, from a leader's perspective, from someone at the front like yourself, you want to get rid of the people that don't align. There is a job out there for them that will align more with their goals, with their dreams, with their mission. The sooner you get rid of them, get rid of them is a, is a harsh way to put it, but the sooner they go and find what they want to do and you bring in someone to fill their space, to fill that vacuum with someone that matches up to what you want to do, you will attract better performance and be able to find that excellence. So I'm not a quick fix scenario where I go in and put this speech on in front of someone and expect them to all suddenly align with the excellence of that and the pursuit of that team. But I do expect that over that period of time that I'm working with them, people will become much clearer in who they want to be and what they want. And if that doesn't align with where they are, move on and let someone else come in and take that space.
0: So what should people do who have unrealistic dreams and goals compared to the bus that they're on because let's be honest we have to pay bills we've got houses we've got school fees we've got all the things that happen in life and it's really nice for us to sit here and go a b c d let's do that how does someone deal with that when, when i'm asking i'm asking you from you're a very easy person to talk to and someone who people could obviously gel with so what do you do to those people that you meet that you go know, they're really not on the same same buses where corporate wants me management wants me the team dynamics want me at whatever level of the tree you want to pick at?
1: fortunately i do gel with with people Mm. enough that i can have uh have the deeper conversation on a one-on-one level that has them realize or has either has them step up their game because they realize that there are enough things are enough uh commonalities between their pursuit and the team's pursuit that they'll step their game up where they need to or they realize that it's doing them an injustice being there you know it's, it's a disservice that they continue on this path in terms of having an unrealistic goal and then having to Fulfill all the day-to-day things along that along that journey. I mean, it's tough. It's it's a, it's a difficult one. I even spoke about uh, before the fact that I was training before we got started. But the fact that I was training you know, two times, three times a day in pursuit of a certain goal, then decided to open my you know, words with Oz <laughs> and suddenly realized that business owners slash full-time athletes don't match. So you've got you've got to be able to, to prioritize which one of those matter matter more. And there's there is a, a range of psychological uh, studies that show that, you know, the hierarchy of needs and so on, and so which one's going to win there, but unrealistic goals I think everyone needs them I inspire people to be more ambitious so in that sense you need to dream huge whatever it is you want to achieve ho- uh, with your entire life needs to be I want it to be beyond current consideration whatever you want for body science I don't want another company to have ever done before it needs to be that large but it also needs to be that far in the future so let's bring it back to what do we do next your next goal needs to be attainable you would have heard of smart goals before I have yeah when I'm talking to people about unrealistic goals that's not a smart goal because it's, it's too far into the future you don't know the resources and it's uh, not probably assignable, alignable with what you've got at the moment. It's probably specific, probably measurable. But when you're talking about what's the next step, that's when smart goals should kick in. So if your unrealistic goal is to, I'll just take a let's say there's a single mum working the teller at a bank and her unrealistic goal is to become the next Gail Kelly, the, the CEO of, uh, of of one of the big four. But her first step isn't that. Her first step is to still put food on the table for the, the child, is to pay all the bills on the week and uh, put as a little more aside as well as get better educated. So let's just focus on that. How many hours of the week does she need to work behind the behind the teller to put food on the table, pay the bills and then how many hours a week can she put into some extracurricular education so on and so forth and then we, she gets that done for whatever amount of time she sets and then set the SMART goal, the next one, the next one, the next one and if you put enough faith in that next step then eventually you'll wake up in 10 years. You know, She's the manager of a state, wake up five years later than that, she's knocking on the door of the C-suite, wake up 10 years later after that, she's at the top.
0: And that's a great path and that's obviously someone who's driven like you said and someone who can set SMART goals. How do we, as a world, deal with failures?
1: How do we, at the moment, deal with it? Poorly. Poorly, okay. <laughs> we are conditioned to believe that failure is bad, that you should be ashamed and that you should not try and seek out failure. And it seems to be because of the institutions that have educated us. I think that, like democracy, you know, we're, we are using the best we have at the moment compared to all others. We are using the best education we know of at the moment compared to all others, but that doesn't mean it's perfect. So failure, seeing an F on your report card, In school, frightens the shit out of you. You Yeah, disappoints your parents disappoints the school, frightens you. But when you're out here, here being the real world, you want to fail, you want to fail and you want to fail as quickly as you can, as many times as you can to pursue that next goal. All the people that have achieved the most, most probably have failed the most, but have also recovered the fastest. Do you think failure makes us more productive? makes us learn to be more productive. I mean, if you are failing consistently time and time again, then you're probably not making too far in inroads forward. Having said that, you need to keep going. Having said that, you need that ability to bounce back up and Going. The the most successful people only have one commonality, and that is that they didn't stop until they achieved it. They did fail a lot. They probably lost their productivity, but at some point they got the win, and then they kept on building, and that productivity came.
0: Do you think as a society now we we push accolades and rewards, as in the fact that everyone gets an award at the moment? Is that what well, it? you know, every kid runs in a race. They all get a they all get a ribbon. Every person who I don't believe in it. You don't.
1: No. So this is a this is we're, we're going down the personal, obviously personal opinion yeah. and does not uh, happy to be argued with on this point but from my perspective i think the research has come around full circle now where they've realized that that's not the way we should go they've realized that all a ribbon for everyone does is a takes it away from the winner you know makes them feel less and b the people that came seventh eighth and ninth that got the ribbon don't really want it because they realize they're they're, they're not silly they realize they didn't win they didn't put in the effort they just got some silly ribbon and it just takes away the esteem of the entire thing i had a high performance so one of my uh one of the schools that i came through when i was young has now got a high performance coach in the program there across all the sports and across some of the year 11 12 classes and they've gone the complete other way with it where they do encourage people to follow a specific path so there was a period of time there where you should just try everything you know and and try and be good across the entire range you know try and be as whole rounded as uh, well-rounded as you could good in theory but they've pursued this other path now where you find what you're good at and let's do that full speed similarly they've if you aren't an a grade player, you're not in the A's. If there's a year nine that's better than year eleven, they put them up in the A grade. They put they 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 promote them that quickly, mm-hmm. and they tell the parents this at the start of the year because that seems to be where a lot of the issues are. Is that parents have this blindfolded opinion or <laughs> rose coloured lens of a, opinion of, of their child? You know, how many how many uh, teachers mark someone an A instead of a B because they just couldn't be bothered dealing with the parents who would come in the next day and say, "Oh, my my child, you know, said we should get a B
0: Yeah, well, let alone making it pass or fail too, and taking away that extra satisfaction when somebody's put in that extra work
1: yep exactly exactly uh, and you know, similar to what i'd uh, said earlier about it takes away from the person that won so i think we're heading there anyway i think there are people at the front of the, the front of the game uh, for lack of a better better term who are already going back to the path of nope let's promote the winners let's encourage those that aren't performing to perform better uh, but let's promote the winners let's award the winners and let's go back to what to what worked or to what found our best performers and i think sometimes people's opinions can get lost in translation especially with media trying to make as many click targets as they can at the moment but that seems to be where I think it's heading and that's definitely what's worked best for me and what I've seen work best for companies, sports teams and individuals.
0: Where are we going to go as a group of people called the fitness industry in the next five years in relation to health and wellness?
1: We're already pursuing that path of Realizing it's a holistic, another one of those terms that Mm -hmm. is well well used, but a holistic approach. People have already realized that a six-week diet may work and you may shed the kilos, but you haven't done any work on your mind and the kilos are going to come back because your habits are what they already were. So as far as the fitness industry goes, we're going to see this, more of an input from people in that psych world, more of an input where perhaps even on the certification you get as a PT, you've done some work with with the mindfulness approach as well. Another aspect of it that I look forward to and hope that we head down that path, and it's definitely something that I've seen more of in the CrossFit realm and you know, places like 98, which aren't CrossFit, but uh, perhaps more leaned that way, is that it's a community. I'm stealing someone else's thoughts here, but there was once upon a time, maybe around the 80s, you remember the show Cheers, where everyone went to the bar to catch up and get that community feel. We went and pursued the 90s and you may, everyone remembers the show Friends, they all caught up in a coffee house. Nowadays, people meet in a gym. So health and fitness industry is going to be that place where community matters. And we're not talking about, when I say health and fitness industry, people may think, you know, 12% body fat, people pumping iron for a a show, you know, your Arnold Schwarzenegger's back in the day, high-performance athletes. But we're not talking about that. We're always talking about healthy, happy people that can move well, eat reasonably well, and they're part of a decent community. And I think that's where we're heading now is it's going to be that healthy place to be that community spirit and hopefully along those lines as well we will create something that's more sustainable whether that's you know thinking about what food we're putting in our mouth thinking about what supplements we're using thinking about who we're purchasing from it's a sustainable approach
0: nice i know i'm jumping from topic to topic here but i I really want to pick your brains on a thousand things let alone delving too deep on anything in particular happy to keep up how does someone get out of bed and deal with anxiety? And that's a very open question. I understand what I'm saying here, but it's, I want goals. I want to be driven. I want to have accountability. I want to know where I'm going. I want to be smart about what I'm doing. Holy shit, how do I actually do that? And so now I've got five minutes to myself looking through Instagram and my friends in Europe and these people are doing this. And so anxiety is just something that pours into our lives every day. How do you, as an inspirer and a motivator, anxiety must be a massive thing for you when you walk into places. I mean, just the fact that you've walked in, the group people be going, holy shit, why have they got this guy in here? And so you're starting off in a platform that people traditionally don't like change change is good i love change but i'm obviously at the higher end of the change i don't get a lot of it thrown at me so i'm a little sitting in the ivory tower there you could Mm. say in relation when it does come to change i love it when the team brings change to us and and ideas and we often have one percenters here where we talk about changing that one percent that can make a difference we've had some great outcomes from that so how do you deal with that anxiety i know know, like we do a lot of profiling so that we can deal with each other and you know how to deal with the person you're with because that's what the profile and we do a lot of fun playing and and case studies and that but there's always you're always a little bit anxious when that person walks in thinking geez I hope I'm I do not sit out in the limb by myself and yep. and create this aura of negativity or too much positivity or what a wanker or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you, you know as an individual you can pull forward
1: I think the couple of a couple of sp- spots that I'll talk about with the anxiety or the you know, creating an anxious uh being anxious question first is i'm not a clinical psych so whilst i've done enough reading and understand it all if you are feeling anxious and you need help you need to know to reach out to help okay there's plenty of great places there to to go if that if that's the level at which you are at then you need to reach out and then you need to find your own well educated avenues to be able to deal with that if we're talking about the simple i'm in a crowd of people and I'm anxious about whether I have to put my hand up and say something soon.
0: Where I'm going with this is to walk into a gym that you don't know can cause anxiety. For someone to get off a couch and go to a gym, and this isn't not clinical anxiety because that's not what we're here to talk about today and I I appreciate that. I'm more talking about the day-to-day anxiety that stops me moving forward. Fear of
1: judgment is, if not the only fear, a really large fear that that we suffer from as a society these days, especially with your social medias and your all these people who have done so, so many incredible things and we think we need to keep up. So learning how to deal with that is a, is a big part and I'll come back to that in just a second. The first thing that I would think, and it relates to what I, my answer from before, is that feedback is good. So you need to be able to accept that people aren't going to agree with what I want to say and some people are going to love what i want to say, but it needs to be said because feedback is good. Similarly, it's okay to suck. It's okay to say the wrong thing. Everyone does it everyone always fails, everyone always makes a fool of themselves, that's okay. The sooner we realize that's the way it is, the sooner we'll reach out those things, get through the anxiety and, and be able to add our bit to the performance. So knowing that it's okay is a, is is a pretty key concept. A hard one to implement, a hard one to teach, but one that I'll continue to try and get across the line with with the teams that I work with and with individuals that I work with in that, yeah, you felt like you sucked that day. He probably did. That's okay too. Everyone does. Then to move on to the the fear of judgment. Who's judging? The first aspect I look at that with is a perspective shift. When you think about what you do, you think about it a hundred. 100% of the time. And so when you're thinking what do the two other people in the room think about what I just said? You think that that's all we're thinking about, but we're not. I'm worried about what I said. And the other person in the room is worrying about the the camera and the recording and all these other things they they're not paying attention. Similar to the person who's listening to not that they're not paying attention, but they're not paying 100% of the attention like you are. Yeah. Similar to the person who's listening to this in the car at the moment. They've got a lot going on in their life that you're about 15% of that what they think about. So the sooner we can realize that people don't think about us as much as we think they do, you know that 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 fear of judgment kind of stuff. Dropping down.
0: When you're talking to a group of people, do you build a lot of ongoing relationships from that? Do you have a lot of secondary feedback from, not from the management who engaged you in that position in the first place, but from that? I mean, obviously you throw words, like you mentioned, you, you like to put something out every day when we're sleeping.
1: I try to do. I try to stay engaged. There are a lot of people. And for the correct definition of the term, I'm actually an introvert. I obviously am on stage. I put myself out there quite a lot in an extrovert fashion. But as far as where does my energy come from, I'm an introvert where I get a lot of energy from being alone being alone. And that, you know, from spending some time by myself and then the energy comes and then I can go out and present it to the world. And I say that because there are a lot of people. So if I was to keep in contact with as many as they want to, it takes a lot of energy. I do as best I can and there are avenues for people to get in touch with me. I love hearing from people that are enjoying the speeches and the podcasts and so on. And I answer all the emails that come through. But if I'm working with a team, a corporate team, the best avenue is through whoever's employed me as far as, you know, the management goes. If we need some personal one on one work to bring them up to, to the performance level, then i do that but majority of the time in that scenario i I work through the whoever's brought me in
0: being a someone who stands on stage or walks into another business and talks about how to invoke change that's a pretty cool thing to tell people that you do in life obviously success is a driver why everyone gets somebody in or somebody in to set up change how do you and i know i keep going back to the how do you and it's probably getting a little boring but no please how do you value success when you go into something else that's not yours
1: well, my success is when I inspire people to be more ambitious and live a more fulfilling life. And so if I do that correctly, then they'll pursue their success and they'll pursue their ambition and their fulfilling life. And it's a, it's a win-win. Whether or not that's at a white goods company trying to get them to sell more, whether or not it's a sports supplement company trying to get them in more elite teams, whether or not it's you know with a PT who's trying to find more, more clients, pretty diverse spectrum there.
0: And yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Like what is the makeup of success is probably the way I should... I should have put that to you. Like you said, yeah, getting people to do reach their goals or reach what they want. What actually is that success? That
1: success is that they live, they become who they want to be,
0: and that's important in a group dynamic in a corporate.
1: A- absolutely, you will be fulfilled and reach that su- and reach success. So let, let's take two separate viewpoints of what success is. Let's yep. say on one side, success is your attaining your goals. You know, your your physical goals, your mental goals, what or the the levels at which you want to reach but on the other side is living a life that's fulfilling and living a life that's happy for lack of a better word and that is something that you need to do every day and that is something you do by becoming who you want to be let's say success to someone who hasn't lived enough thinks let's say someone who hasn't lived enough thinks being rich is successful. But realistically, being rich is going to bring them something. It might bring them confidence and security, you know, financial security and confidence. So they're the who. The financial security and confidence is the who that person wants to be. They can be confident now. You know, if they, if they concentrate enough and they imagine it enough and they use their mind enough, they can be confident today, whether or not they're rich or not. Financial security is probably a little bit further out of the reach, but secure isn't. You know, feeling secure in themselves is something they can do today. So that's that one side of who do you want to be and being successful at being who you want to be. be does that make sense it does does. and then the flip side is being rich the success in attaining something and if you spend day by day by day repeating the who you want to be you'll eventually get what that person has so like i said earlier as far as what does words with us do i start with the who the who is key it's the largest part of what i do the next point is what that person wants and the next point is how we get there who do you want to be let's suss that out and then you do enough repetitive daily actions on the who you want to be you'll get what that person wants as long as you keep focused on it and, and know what it is and it's it's there and it's it's designed and written and attainable and all those kind of things you'll get what that person wants which is that success and then i work on the how which is a range of small details Or whether it might not even be myself that works on those things we might say you need a trainer to lose weight we might say you need a nutritionist to do this we might say you need a psychologist to do this I might even say to a company that I can't do the sales training that you're asking about I can inspire you to want to sell more but the actual sales training needs to be done by someone else so there's your two portions of success what you want but living a life of who you want to be is the key is the start
0: speaking about what you want what is it that empowers you to empower that team that you're walking into I
1: truly want people to succeed and not only do I want them to succeed in what they think they can do but I want them to succeed on their most ambitious level so the things they haven't even thought of achieving yet and that's only going to happen if they're living a life that they love if they're living a passion Life, and that's only going to happen if the place that they work at is aligned with what they do. You
0: probably don't get someone like you in if you don't have a problem. As a leader with a vision and and where you want to go, you can become very single-minded and single-focused. And and I'm not talking about profit and just that type of concept. You know, there's satisfaction. There's a lot more satisfaction in running a business and making a profit. I've got you into body science and I've said, look, I want to build success. I want to see my team happy. I want to see a change in here that has a dynamic that makes it something worth getting out of bed in the morning. What I'm trying to ask you on a personal level here is how do you bring that game to me with my visions and my goals and my, and I'm using the word my because I'm trying to set the scenario here that you're walking into someone else's shoes right now Mm -hmm. and you're going to lift people up and you're going to make them feel really good about themselves and you're going to give them goals and, and smart. How do you do that? Like, a lot of people can't even get out of bed and and feel good about themselves let alone bringing it to a group of 50 people or 30 people similar to the answer that I said before when you are giving
1: it really does give to you it's not an unselfish act when I come into a group scenario and and lift them up I leave that scenario very energised very fulfilled and, and it's fulfilling my goals you know it's fulfilling my mission to inspire people to be more ambitious to lead by example to be respected because I take the actions necessary to get there so in pursuit of those things I do my research beforehand I know what body science is about I know what you want to achieve I try and find out what's not working for you at the moment I'd probably do a little bit of research on the people that work for you and find out a little bit more about them and how to get them to buy in what the alignment's going to be for the company and so on but it's in my performance that I get to feel fulfilled so that's what drives me to go in and speak to the teams
0: so how do you take a say you get a mission statement come across your desk you go that is the worst piece of crap that I've ever read but I'm on tomorrow at nine (laughs) o'clock how do I do that
1: I would start again go in and in the most polite way possible get people to tell me about the company's values and mission and see if we can alter it. It's probably not so poor. It's just that we can probably make it clearer. I've never really seen a mission statement where you think, well that's that's just terrible, but they can they can definitely get clearer. And a lot of people haven't done this. It's not like this this isn't like maths or science. It's not taught in school. You've got to be one of those weirdos that enjoys reading self-development books to yeah. have experienced any of this kind of stuff before. It is becoming a little more ma- mainstream or so even the wrong word. It is becoming a little more frequent, but it's nowhere near mainstream. So people aren't adequate at it yet of us you know you and I spoke earlier about the one percent it's almost what it is it's almost a two percent thing that the people spend this time you know reading Stephen Covey, reading self development knowing what a mission statement even is so they're gonna be they're gonna come across poor and people are gonna be superficial I just have to spend some time digging deeper and, and having them buy in and create their own at a more meaningful level
0: do you think it's something that people need to hang their hat on and believe in
1: the company's mission statement yes it's a really simple answer yes if you don't, move on.
0: Have you got any good reading or anything on your website that people could read more about that on?
1: I do have a list of uh, books that are available through the notes section of my podcast and through the different conversations. But
0: We should drop your website on here just while I've brought it up. wordswithods.com. and why would I go to that website?
1: Two reasons. One, it's the best port to get in contact with me as well as the things that I've put out there. So there's the, the podcast there and you can find out where my talking is. Similarly, I've got two programs on there. One is an executive coaching program that you can get in contact. We can go through whether or not you need how I can so help so you do a lot
0: of one-on-one stuff with people I do
1: a lot of one-on-one stuff for those that is needed so yes I do a lot of it but I also we work out there's probably not necessary for some people as well secondly if you need if you think there's a team culture issue at your, your workplace or you want to even increase performance or you're not sure what your who is you know what your mission is then through words with others
0: you can I get I love that not sure what your who is we spent a lot of time on the who here at Body Science Yeah, and it was really interesting that the mission actually came from a 98 Riley session I probably we shouldn't say this because Nathan will kill me we spent a lot of time it was that classic oh we a lifestyle but boring yawn halfway through it go look at every other brand. they so got exactly the same thing yep. going we spent a lot of time going out and the word trusted kept coming back and once again boring trusted Nathan went to a 98 Riley <laughs> session and somebody it probably was you because you said something some before and at the end of the session they just finished a training and someone said what do we want to be we want to be fit, happy and healthy Nathan came straight back and said I've done it that's what it is let's move on and everyone, no one argued once you said yep we love it and so you know fit, happy and healthy is yeah. Help me enter it at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And it's so good because every decision we make, is it does, it does it meet fit, happy, and healthy? and Just to highlight what you've
1: run through there, a lot of the time, the answer is so simple. Mm. And I, I, I push this a lot, uh, that, that life should be simple. But a lot of the time, you, you're seeking out this answer of who you want to be, especially in a corporation scenario. We want to be above board. We want to be uh, integral is a, a word that comes up a lot. We want to be high performance. We want to be this and that. Majority of the time, it's the simple things that, that come and stand out. And then when you've got it simple, you can answer your question like you had just said every time you come to a fork in the road whether it's your personal mission statement or your company's mission statement you come to a decision to be made ask yourself whether it meets your three four five word criteria if it does the decision's already made and that's the whole purpose of it too many people pursuing these things they're not sure they want if they knew their five words you know their five core values and answered the question based on those five core values by the end of their life it's pretty fulfilling and the best part is you can change them at some stage but at least you know them for that point and for what you want to do right now
0: let's talk about about your Instagram account at words with oz. So, I had a look at it a little earlier, sure, quite inspired by it. What, what drives you to create an Instagram account for people. I mean, we've all got one. Why is yours
1: good? I enjoy mine because it's got a pretty simple message. Everything on there is some form of inspiration. It's quite heavily focused on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. each week I put up three posts based on the podcast. One of them is a video, normally a series of stills with someone speaking over the top, and that would have been my guest. And it's something that inspired me from the podcast that they said. The next one is a quote of theirs, and then the third one is just a picture of their podcast. Telling, telling the people what it, what it's all about.
0: Where can we hear your podcast?
1: It's available everywhere. So the best point of call for most people because we're iPhone addicts is on uh, on the iTunes app. You can get it at com forward slash podcast. It's available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Words With Oz and you, you'll be able to find it. As far as the Instagram, the second point of that is I do a story every morning like we spoke of before but it's called While They Were Sleeping. I get up, to repeat it again, I get up quite early. So normally this story is being posted and I'm getting a little bit of traction on it because people enjoy the fact that while they're getting up, that first trip to the loo or while they're making breakfast, they get to watch the story. But it's just a minute's worth of thoughts of something that's come across my thought pattern. A group that I've worked with, an individual I've worked with over that last week and I'm a broad-based concept kind of guy. So it's never never specific, but just something you can implement on the daily to be a little bit more inspired, a little bit more ambitious or get yourself a little bit of better results.
0: Have you got a closing motto statement or something you believe in that you want to finish up with?
1: I normally close out my podcast encouraging people to take the leap when the question arises, you know, if I should or shouldn't take the leap. But considering what we've spoken about, I'll give give you two. The first one is that all of this that we've discussed means absolutely nothing if you don't take the action. If you're listening to this podcast thinking, I need to get someone in, whether or not it's me or whether or not it's someone else, I need to get someone in for my team. If you don't do it within the next 24 hours, make a call, do the research, book it in, it's not going to happen. So the action matters. The action matters most. And then the second point is the success level of your life is made up of what you do on the daily. So whatever your daily habits are, you show me the standard of them, I'll show you the success level of your life. If you want to be more successful, raise your standards.
0: Raise your standards. Mate, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I, my, my partner, my business partner, Nathan, is a massive fan of yours. He is available on your episode. You actually did a little podcast with Nathan on. I it.
1: did I did I spent uh, an hour sitting down with Nathan he's got a great story I don't know what number episode it is but if yeah. you look it up Nathan we'll drop Pickle. that
0: below the. we'll put a link on the below thanks for coming on mate I do want to get you back on and do a lot more talking get a little bit more deep it was a, quite a difficult one here for me personally today because it's so broad on what you do and sure. I, I actually haven't met you before so it was even harder but I would love to get you back probably even bring some other people in to talk about changing the world yeah you I'd know, love to that's what we're about I love your mojo perfect for coming on. Enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in fit, happy, and healthy. ASN, Nutrition Warehouse, DY Discount Vitamins, Fat Burners Only, Evelyn Fay, Mr. Supplement, or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers.